for checking out this message from Spring Mountain. For more information about us and what we do, visit our website, swimmountcf.co.uk. Or join us every Sunday from 11am at Abbey Road in Barrow and Furness. If you would like us as a church to pray for you, then please email prayer at springmountcf.co.uk. Okay, good morning. Welcome. Um, oh, that sun. Can't stand there. It'll reflect off my head and dazzle you, so it's no good. We don't want any distractions this morning, okay? Um, who was here last week? Brilliant. Uh, did you enjoy the people sharing? Yes, I, I listened to the podcast um, on Thursday and I have to say, really well done guys, those that shared, really well done, really encouraging and uh, I'm thinking I can probably have a month off, you know, just get you guys speaking every week, it'd be fantastic, even though I don't think they'll feel that way, is that right Eric? Yeah, okay, <laughs> brilliant, thank you so much for stepping up and being brave and, and vulnerable. Welcome, if it's your first time, if it's your hundredth time, it doesn't really matter, but it's great that we're here. Yeah, would you agree? Yes. Yeah, I think it's great that we're here. One of the things I just want to encourage you is this, is that, you know, on Tuesday night, there was a miracle, okay? There was a, there was a miracle at Anfield, right? Oh. And I think one of the things that brought it about was the fans, okay? The fans singing with all their might. And actually, we're here this morning not to sing to football, we're here to praise God, and as we sing and we lift him higher, he is glorified. As we lift him higher in our hearts, then actually some of our fears and worries will fade away. And the reason we sing so passionately or try to lead you to sing so passionately is because it's important. It's really important. Okay. Um, my daughter's wonderful. And she hates it when I start with her name because she knows I'm going to tell something about her, okay? Um, she's wonderful sometimes. Not all the time, I've got to say that, because none of us are wonderful all the time. But when my daughter was learning to drive, what do you think her biggest worry was before she started driving? Any ideas? Shout out if you've got one. Crashing. Sorry? Theory test. Crashing. Failing the test. Any other suggestions? Parking, okay? Changing gear. I'm not going to make any sexist driving jokes here this morning, okay? Going out with me as an instructor. I'm very good, Steve. I'm very calm, aren't I, Chloe? I'm very calm, very calm. Apart from when she heads towards red lights quite quickly. No, her biggest worry was this. What am I going to do if I'm driving my car and I see a really cute dog at the side of the road? <laughs> that was her biggest concern. If I'm driving my car and I see a really cute dog, how, how on earth am I going to focus and concentrate when there's just a dog? That is what she's like. Her biggest concern in driving a car was a cute dog at the side of the road. Have you ever heard anything so, uh, whatever, adorable? Okay. You have the same problem. Oh, bare left. Yeah, okay. Very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, this morning we start a new series. This series is going to go on for about six weeks, um, and it's called Enemies of the Heart, because your heart is in a battle. There are people fighting for your heart. There are people who want to win your heart and mind. But ultimately, this morning, I want to say God is absolutely desperate to win your heart and mind because he is the best. 
and he is the one who is victorious. But actually there are distractions along the way. So the first enemy of the heart this morning is distraction. Because distraction can snatch away all that God has got for us. And there's loads of different ways we can be distracted. Chloe was worried about being distracted by a dog. So if you see Chloe driving a white Nissan Micra and there's a dog anywhere near, pull over and wait till she's gone. All will be well. We're going to read this morning from the message version. Uh, We're going to read from Proverbs chapter 4. I'll start off by reading the whole passage. Uh, If you're wondering what the noise is, it's Sunday school singing, okay? They're praising God even more and it will stop soon, okay? (laughs) Please God, it will stop soon, okay? Because it's a distraction, isn't it? It's a distraction. Proverbs chapter 4. It'd be great if we had a new building to go to, wouldn't it? Okay, soon soon okay Proverbs chapter 4 starting at verse 20 to the end of the chapter says this Proverbs chapter 4 verse 20 to 27 says dear friend listen well to my words tune your ears to my voice keep my message in plain view at all times concentrate concentrate learn it by heart those who discover these words live really live Body and soul, they are bursting with health. Do you want to be bursting with health this morning? Yeah, not just in your body, but in your soul. Those who listen to God's word will be bursting with health. You know, I'll carry on, bursting with health. Keep vigilant watch over your heart. That is where life starts. Keep vigilant watch over your heart. That is where life starts. Don't talk out of both sides of your mouth. Avoid careless banter, white lies and gossip. Keep your eyes straight ahead. Ignore all sideshow distractions. Watch your step and the road will stretch out smooth before you. Look neither right nor left. Leave evil in the dust. We're going to come back to different parts of that as we go through this morning. But I want to suggest that we are distracted by possessions by people, by places, and by our past. We're distracted by our possessions. I want to uh, ask you what, what a question this morning. I'll aim it at those under 20. What, what's this? It's a Bible. It's a Bible. It's a book. Okay. Uh, any parents in here who've got the picture book called It's a Book? Any parents? I know Raymond's got it. You've, you showed it me first. You did. Okay. Um, we bought it because it's brilliant. It's about a donkey talking to a rabbit, I think it is. And the rabbit shows, him, shows the donkey this book. And the donkey says, well, where's the on button? And the rabbit goes, it's a book. And the donkey says, well, how do you scroll down the pages? He says, you don't. It, it's a book. And he says, but how do I answer my emails? You don't. It, it's a book. But how, how can I listen to music on it? You don't. It, it's a book. So you get the idea, okay? I'm not going to read the whole story. You have got it, haven't you? You, 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 sh- you showed me your... Didn't, anyway, I'm not arguing. We're not going <laughs> to... not arguing. I'm not going to get distracted. <laughs> I'll speak to you later and pray for your memory. Okay, sorry. I'm joking. <laughs> you can, honestly, I'll, I'll come there. Anyway, I won't really, Raymond. It's all right. Raymond's distracting me. It's terrible, isn't it? I'm distracting myself with Raymond. Sorry, Raymond. You did really well yesterday. Very impressed. It's a book. I just want to set a challenge as we start this morning on Enemies of the Heart. I love using my tablet to record notes because it's there. It's everywhere. So when someone comes to speak, I can access different versions of the Bible, the NIV, the message. I can write notes and I can come back to them. It's brilliant. However, 
there's a real danger, and this is a real challenge to people this morning. If we're going to use electronic devices, switch them on to airplane mode, okay? Because actually, it just takes one Facebook notification from a granny sending you pictures of cats for you to suddenly forget what you're supposed to be doing and answer an email or reply to a message. And actually this morning and through this series, I want us to recognize that we perhaps sometimes need to get back to the book. We need to get back to the book. If we struggle with distractions, then we need to perhaps get a notepad, a pen, and a book or turn our tablets onto airplane mode because our possessions can distract us. Our possessions can distract us. You know, you might have heard Jesus told a story about a man sowing seed, yeah? A parable of the sower. And one of the seeds fell on the ground and it was snatched away by birds. And I believe sometimes in our life, people will speak truth to us and that truth is quickly snatched away because we get distracted. And on a Sunday morning, maybe... um, Something that's said really resonates with you. How are you going to remember it? How are we going to remember it? I was really encouraged last week by Rachel. So now I've picked on Raymond. I'm going to say Rachel. I'm going to lift Rachel up here. I was really encouraged by Rachel because she quoted things that I'd said that I didn't even know I'd said. Okay? It's a bit like Raymond in that book, really. But anyway, um, she, <laughs> she'd quoted things that I did, I'd forgotten I'd said. But why, did she, why was she able to quote those things that God had spoken to her? Because she'd written them down. Yeah, so she'd written them down and she remembered them and she could go back and say, what did God say? So I want to really encourage you to actively listen, whoever it is in church, you know, to write something down, to remember what God has spoken to us because otherwise some of the seed can be snatched. Too often, I believe God's word leaves our hearts as we leave the door. Too often God's word leaves our life as we walk out into the life that we've got out there and get distracted by everything. Some of those distractions are good distractions, important things that we need, but actually don't allow it to snatch the seed of the word of God from what he wants to say to you. This morning, I believe God is speaking through his word. You know, distraction is an enemy of our heart. Smoking has warnings on the packet, doesn't it? It says, this will kill you, this will do this. You know, we should have a warning on our phones that say, this will cause you to forget half the things you're supposed to be doing. This will cause you to not listen to your wife when she's talking to you and telling you something really important. Anyone, anyone think we should have a warning like that on, a, on our phones? And certainly the ladies. Um, <laughs> this, this device can cause you to forget things. This device can cause you to lose hours of your life on games, yeah? Yeah? Distraction. How many of us get up in the morning and think, I'll just check my emails, and then before we know it, scrolling down Facebook from three weeks ago because we're just so interested in what everyone else is doing. And it leaves us with no time to get back into the book. It leaves us with no time to say that these things can seriously distract us from the good stuff that we really, really need. So the first distraction of our hearts can be our possessions. It can be stuff. It doesn't have to be an iPad or an iPhone or a smartphone or whatever. It can be stuff that takes our eyes off the one we're supposed to worship. Anything that we have, it might be a a car, it can take our eyes off the one we're supposed to worship and leave us not knowing what he's saying to us. If I said to you this morning, who'd really like to hear God speak into their life? All of us would say yes, I hope. But sometimes we stop listening because we're listening to the other voices. We're listening and looking at people's newsfeed and Twitter because we think it's really important that we hear what they have to say. 
but it's more important we hear what God has to say. Proverbs 4.23 says, keep vigilant watch over your heart. That's where life starts. It's where life starts. If it's where life starts, is it not important to protect it? Yeah? Yeah? To guard it, to look after it, to seek it. Um, The Vietnamese War had a slogan, which was the battle for hearts and minds. The battle for hearts and minds. America, I'm told, I don't know my American history amazingly well, knew that there was no way they could win that war, that fight, without getting the people on side. And so they said, we need to win the battle for hearts and minds. We need to show the local people that we have got something better on offer. That's what they were saying. We need to show the locals that actually, if they came with us, if they, if they followed what we wanted to do, then actually there was something better on offer. However, we know it didn't necessarily work out because people get distracted from the best. This morning, there is something better on offer than somebody else's Facebook feed. This morning, there is something better on offer than replying to a text message that can wait. Yeah? Would you agree? Unless you're a doctor. If, you've got, if you're on a call, respond, please. Okay? <laughs> Don't be distracted. Just go. <laughs> but I believe this morning there is a battle for our hearts and minds. Yeah? Do you agree? And I believe this morning distraction could kill it. The heart is where life starts. Distraction can snatch it and can stop life from starting. We want to be a church that is alive, don't we? We want to see God alive in our town, not just in this building or another building. We want to see God at work, and we believe we're starting to see that. It's exciting, but it needs to be in all of us. Constantly reminded this week about that, the phrase that we used 12 months ago. Don't just come to church. Be the church. Be, yeah, let's say it again. Just get it in. You know, don't just come to church. Be the I'll keep saying it. Eventually, it'll sink in. Because if you think that faith is about sitting on a chair on a Sunday, then I'm really sorry. Because you're going to be very, very sad. Faith is about living. Because the heart is where life starts. Life starts as we allow him to change it. You know, maybe the stuff we have doesn't distract us from the provider of the best life. People searching for love in our country are jumping in and out of each other's beds to try and find it. And the Bible says that's not the best way. It's not the best way. It won't satisfy. It won't give you the best. What will give you the best is when it's in that constant firm, solid relationship where it grows together. You know, intimacy shouldn't be about seeing how many different people we can be intimate with. That's not the point. Intimacy is one-to-one, trying to build a relationship. It says in Proverbs, don't talk out of both sides of your mouth. I don't know if you've ever tried that. <laughs> it's quite, quite difficult. But what that means is, don't say one thing to one person and another to another. Don't be one thing to one person and another to another. Don't be one thing in church and with your Christian friends and another thing to those that aren't. Be you. Be the you that God has made you to be. Not a controlled or legalistic person, but a person who says, I am alive because life starts in my heart and Jesus is resident. I am alive through the Holy Spirit. Don't talk out of both sides of your mouth. Avoid careless banter, white lies, and gossip. It's hard, that one, isn't it? It's hard. 
Because actually sometimes we, we speak to our friends in a way that isn't appropriate. But avoid these things. Why? Because I believe this is the distraction of people. We have possessions, we have people. The distraction of people is things like the temptation to be who others want us to be. That is a distraction. To be something that somebody else wants you to be is a distraction and isn't what God wants because we're supposed to be who God wants us to be because he has the best. What does the Bible tell us we're supposed to be? It says we're supposed to be new creations. That God can make everything new. That the past is gone, the old is gone, the new has come. That you, this morning, whoever you are, no matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, no matter your background, can be a new creation. You can start afresh. But what, what would be the point in starting afresh every Sunday? That would just be tiring, wouldn't it? To make a fresh start every week because the week we've had has just not been great. Let's be the new creations because God has given us a new heart. And the heart is where life is. He has given you a heart full of life. So let's not allow it to be snatched from us. You know, there's a verse in the Bible that says, Create in me a pure heart and renew a right spirit in me. I believe that's a prayer we need to be praying each day. God, renew that spirit in me. Fill me afresh. Fill me afresh. Don't let me go stale. Don't let me get rancid. Don't let me get bogged down with all the other stuff. But create in me a pure heart. Give me a fresh start, a fresh perspective. There's also another passage that says that the outpouring of our mouths is the overflow of our hearts. What comes out of your mouth is what's in your heart. And the heart is where life is. Yet so many of us are filling our hearts with stuff that will kill us. The heart is where life is. You know, in our first house, uh, our toilet system broke. Anyone had this problem? The toilet system broke. It wouldn't stop filling up. And so what happened was, the water would fill up the toilet system. It would fill up, fill up, fill up, fill up. And it wouldn't stop filling up. Thankfully, we had a pipe going from our toilet system outside. And for quite a while, we had a nice water feature on the side of our house because we had this little fountain that constantly, this was before the days of water meters, thankfully, um, this water would be cascading down the side of our house. And me being the amazing DIY expert that I was said, can somebody help me? <laughs> and it got fixed. But what was in that cistern came out because what was inside of it was pouring out. Thankfully, thankfully, it was clean water. Unlike a few years ago when our septic tank got full, because when that gets full, you don't want to leave that very long because that isn't a water feature. That is really, really not pleasant. You get a warning, the smell for a few days where you're thinking, has Ros been eating gluten again? Or, um, <laughs> or, um, I'm only saying that if you come on Tuesday to Rosie's Flower Dem, she will pick on me, so I'm having my chance, okay? You know, you get that smell for a few days. You're thinking, you know, is it one of the dogs? Maybe it's me. Maybe I should have a shower. But then you realise there's something afoot. And the septic tank was full. Full. <laughs> it was full. It was overflowing. And what was inside that septic tank had to come out because there was no other way for it to go. What was in it came out. Now, the septic tanks overflowing wasn't pleasant. 
Unfortunately, we knew somebody who could hose it and power jet it and get rid of it, and I think they sucked it all into a van and... Not into a van. Into, <laughs> that would be really strange. They sucked it all into a van and sprayed it on a field somewhere, I think. Is that right? I don't know. Anyway, they, they did something with it. They got rid of it appropriately. Um, and that was a very different situation because what came out of that definitely wasn't pure. It definitely wasn't clean and you definitely didn't want to be anywhere near it. That is our hearts this morning. Whatever our heart is full of, it will overflow, particularly from our mouths, particularly what we say, how we, how we speak to people, particularly how we talk about people, particularly how we speak when we think nobody else is listening. What is in our heart will come out. The overflow of our heart. Proverbs 4, 23, 24 says, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Keep your mouth free of perversity. Keep corrupt talk far from your lips. The solution is it starts in the heart. We get distracted from the holiness of God. Yeah? We get distracted from God who is amazing. We can stand here this morning and praise him and sing worship and go, yeah, God, you're amazing. Take photos on the Keswick Tabarra of the creation we see and go, wow, God made this. It's amazing. But actually, when we stop fixing our eyes on him, we start fixing our eyes on the faults of others. And sometimes that then comes out of our mouths because our hearts maybe have that frustration or anger or jealousy. It goes on to say, keep your eyes straight ahead. Ignore all sideshow distractions. Watch your step and the road will stretch out smooth before you. Look neither to your right or to your left. Leave evil in the dust. Verse 25, keep your eyes straight ahead. Anyone here a ballet dancer? I only you did ballet, didn't you? So did Chloe. I know, but I've picked on her already. That's fine. Uh, anyone an excellent ballerina? I, have you ever tried spinning around like a ballet dancer can do it? Can anybody here, can you do that? No? I, can you spin around? You used to be able to. Well, we're not going to embarrass you, don't worry. Do you know how a ballerina manages to keep spinning and spinning and spinning and not get dizzy? How do they do it? They spot. That means they fix their eyes on a point directly ahead, a point that is not moving. I'm getting distracted. Okay. But <laughs> fix your eyes on a point straight ahead. And then as they spin round, they keep their head looking and then whip it back round again. Is that right? Yeah? So a ballerina manages to stay firm on their feet because they stare straight at that point, a point that is reliable, a point that will not move, a point that they can constantly focus on no matter how many times they are spinning around. If it was me, I would go probably twice and fall over because I can't do that. I'm not a ballet dancer, I'm not trained. Can you imagine what Swan Lake would be like if they were all dizzy and having to catch each other? Can you imagine? You know, it wouldn't be quite the graceful thing it was. It would be a mess, wouldn't it? But because they fix their eyes on a point and they do not let their eyes off it, apart from that one tiny split second, they can stand firm despite their dizziness. They can stand firm despite the maelstrom of the spinning. That is life, everybody. If we fix our eyes straight ahead on Jesus, doesn't matter the maelstrom of life, the spinning round and round, we can stand firm. We will not fall and fail and look stupid because he is with us and he promises to get us there. 
they fix a definite, secure point. Genesis 19 verse 26 says this, But Lot's wife looked back and turned into a pillar of salt. I'm going to give you a bit of context. Lot's wife looked back, okay? And she was doomed. Now, Lot and his family were distracted by a place. A place, maybe you're distracted by a place that you've enjoyed in the past. Maybe it's a place where you've resided. Maybe it's a a place that's metaphorical. Maybe it's a job you've had, a place. Lot and his family were given an escape route out of Sodom and Gomorrah. I don't know if you all know the story, but they were given an escape route. Just to remind you of the last thing that happened to them in that delightful place. (laughs) The last thing that happened to that family were this. Two visitors had turned up. Visitors that were thought to be angelic from God. They turned up at Lot's house in the middle of this city that was, that was wicked. It was evil. These visitors had turned up and the locals heard that there were new guys in town. So the locals surrounded the house and banged on the door and demanded that Lot sent them out so that everybody could have sex with them. Are you with me so far? Not a pleasant story. Not a pleasant story. But it's important because of what came next. Lot pleaded with these people and was left with the option of either sacrificing these new visitors or offering his daughters to try and protect those that weren't used to ways of the city. Horrible story. Horrific. In the end, God protected them all in that house because the visitors were angelic and they all managed to flee before the city was destroyed. God blinded the people who were demanding sex with the strangers. God blinded them so that they couldn't get there. But they had one warning. As Lot and his family fled the city, they had one warning. It was this. Flee for your lives and don't stop. Don't look back or you will be swept away. Can I ask a question? Hearing the story of where the the last moments in that place, why on earth would they want to look back? Why on earth would they want to look back to a place like that? Why? It baffles me, it amazes me to a place that was so depraved and damaging. And we can look at this and say they should be glad to get out. What a relief to be free. What a relief to escape danger on their doorstep. But actually all of us in this place have lived in places that are metaphorically damaging. All of us in this place have lived in places that are damaging to our hearts. That are damaging to our hearts where life starts and flourishes if we allow God to be the gardener. We all maybe have sat in deceit. We may have dwelt in a place where sex about, was, was about what we can take and how many we can take instead of enjoying the intimacy God created it for. We may have dwelt in a place where actually we still long for an occasional trip black to the places that we remember with rose-tinted spectacles. You know, we're seeing it. I know people who've struggled with addiction struggle to get out of it. They may find victory one day and then the next day they're back there because we can't sometimes stop ourselves from looking back. Do you know the one thing that will keep you from looking back is if you fix your eyes on the one who is better. If you fix your eyes on the one who will set you free. If you fix your eyes firmly on him and what he says is the best way to be, then you cannot go wrong. You cannot fail. But if we keep looking back to the past, we're going to end up back in the past. Lot's wife looked back and she was swept away. Let me ask you this morning, have you escaped by the skin of your teeth? 
Because if you have, flee. Don't look back. Fix your eyes on the promises of God because he promises to be with you. He promises that you don't need to think about that place once more. You know, she was worried about what she'd left behind despite that last little story that happened there. It's amazing, isn't it? But yet we all do it. We all look back to a place or a person or a possession or a time where we think it was so much easier then. But actually, if we go back there, we'll be swept away. That's the truth of the matter. The swept away. It finishes by saying, watch your step and the road will stretch out smooth before you. Look neither right nor left. Leave evil in the dust. You know, there's nothing worse than tripping up, is there? You have it when you're walking down the street and you suddenly get distracted and you trip over a paving stone and then you try and style it out by going, oh, I meant to do that. <laughs> yeah, I actually meant to do a little run and then a little uh, walk. Nothing worse than tripping up because we're not looking at where we're putting our feet. Are we looking at where we're putting our feet this morning? Because it promises in this passage to make your path smooth. It promises to make your way better. You know, I'm going to Niagara Falls in the summer. I'm really, really excited. There's a picture of Niagara Falls. Okay, it's a bit dark. That is spectacular, isn't it? Would you agree? Yeah? Anyone been to Niagara Falls? Is it spectacular? Should I be excited? Excellent. I'm really excited. I've never been, never been to Canada, never been to Niagara Falls. I am so super excited. And that is going to be one of my destinations. I'm excited to see the majesty of God's creation. I'm excited to see just this spectacular amount of water cascading around and probably the noise. But on the way to the falls, on the Canada side at the very least, I'm told you drive through a place that's a little bit like Blackpool. Okay, we've got some pictures of that. Okay, here you go. So, uh, you know, arcades are on the way. Cheapo sweet shops. Oh, I like my sweets. You can tell that. Other attractions, you know, there's a, there's a Ferris wheel. Oh, who likes big wheels? Nobody. Okay, I quite like big wheels. Uh, dinosaur golf. Anyone like dinosaur golf? Anyone? Oh, yeah, Bobby. Hey, boy. Oh. Can I just ask you a question? Would it be a little bit stupid for me to fly all the way to Canada, to drive to Niagara Falls, park up in this place when you've got to walk to the falls and spend all day in playing dinosaur golf and never get to see Niagara Falls? Would that be a little bit stupid? Yeah, it'd be foolish, wouldn't it? Because I'm going all the way to see something spectacular. No, next one. Picture, picture of Niagara Falls. That's not spectacular. There we go. I'm going all the way to see this. That's an opportunity of a lifetime. Maybe some of you have experienced it twice, I don't know. But that is an opportunity for me that I don't know whether I'll go again. But how daft would it be for me to get down this road and go, oh, I like sweets. Oh, I like big wheels. Oh, I like Tyrannosaurus rexes and golf and combining them together. That's a dream. You know, this verse says this, look neither right nor left. Don't be distracted by the sideshows. Don't be distracted by things that might look okay and might be fun and might actually we might enjoy when actually we can have a view of the most spectacular God instead. Don't get distracted by the fake cheapo rubbish that the world wants to show you. 
Instead, fix your eyes on the main event. Lot's wife looked back and was swept away. I could come home from that trip and be really disappointed and think, well, I can go on my computer and look at pictures. But I want to stand there and experience the greatness of the falls. This morning, you have the chance to stand in this place and to live life with the greatness of our God. Why settle for cheapo sideshows? Why settle for looking back to a past that has done nothing but destroy us? Why settle for looking back to a time that wants to steal, kill and destroy when we can have the best? You know, why get, why get an, a temporary high that's fake when you can get a, a, uplifted by the God of all creation? Why, why, why? Because sometimes we don't fix our eyes straight ahead. We're distracted by the possessions that we crave and cherish. We're distracted by the people who want to knock others down or speak about a life that doesn't include God and holiness at all. We're distracted by the places we've lived our life prior to coming to the place of the cross. I want to finish, and I really am this time, honest. There's some action words in this passage. I want to read you them. It says this, Listen well. Pay attention. Be vigilant. Listen. Learn. Tune in. Those are all things we've got to do. They are all action words. They are things that we are expected as we want to grow in God to do. And then there's a promise that says this. If we take that action, the promise is bursting with life. Who wants to be bursting with life? I do. Absolutely. Steve does as well. Great. Who wants to really live? I do. Who would like smoother roads stretched out before us? I would. And who would like to leave evil in the dust? Because that's where it deserves to be. The thing is, I can't take that action for you. I can only do it for myself. How do I do it? By fixing my eyes on a point that is secure, reliable, and firm. By fixing my eyes on a saviour who will never let me down. By fixing my eyes on a God who made us and wants what's best for us. By fixing my eyes on someone who will never fail. Who will never leave us and who will never allow us to be swept away because he has what's best in store. I'm going to finish by just reading it again. It says this, Dear friend, listen well to my words. Tune your ears to my voice. Keep my message in plain view at all times. Concentrate. Learn it by heart. Those who discover these words live, really live, Body and soul, they are bursting with health. Keep vigilant watch over your heart. That's where life starts. Don't talk out of both sides of your mouth. Avoid careless banter, white lies and gossip. Keep your eyes straight ahead. Ignore all sideshow distractions. Watch your step and the road will stretch out smooth before you. Look neither right nor left. Leave evil in the dust. That's our choice. Are we going to take it? Or are we going to keep looking back? This morning, look forward. Press on. Don't get distracted. But fix your eyes on the one who has 
majestic, magnificent excellence in store for us. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you this morning that we can be here for this time to fix our eyes on the author and perfecter of life. Father God, I thank you that we can learn from our pasts, we can learn from our mistakes, and you say that we can be free and forgiven, and we don't have to dwell on that past. Father God, you are a God who set us free by Jesus, that Jesus died so we could live. Jesus rose again so we could beat death and sin. And all it takes is us to run to your arms and say, yes, I believe in Jesus my Saviour. I know he raised himself from the dead so that I could have life. So Father God, this morning, may you not allow the seeds to be snatched from our hearts and may we turn to to fix our eyes completely on you because you are majestic, magnificent and excellent. In your name, amen.